In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review, for the week ending October the 16th, farm groups are warning producers not to become complacent after the recent federal appeals court decision to temporarily delay implementation of the Waters of the U.S. rule. Producers and farm leaders celebrated when a federal appeals court stayed the Environmental Protection Agency's controversial waters rule to vastly expand the agency's controls of U.S. waters. But American Farm Bureau's Don Paris says it's way too early to declare victory. This is only temporary. It could be lifted if this if this Sixth Circuit says that we do not have jurisdictional subject matter here, and it could take five years for this stuff to percolate back up, which means there may be district courts out there that then has to rule on additional injunctions uh, in the future. So, you know, we're a long way from having this thing really sorted out. Paris says Congress, and especially the Senate, which hasn't acted yet, could shorten the process dramatically. It's time for Congress to step in and and, and to be the adult here and the force EPA to go back to the drawing board. Uh, if any of the any members of the Senate under, you know, didn't understand that EPA made mistakes, now they've got two courts saying that they definitely made mistakes and they need to step in with something. Now, Senate environmental allies have blocked the Waters Rule repeal, but a bill did get through the GOP-controlled Environmental and Public Works Committee, but it will likely face procedural hurdles on the floor. Well, in other news, the annual Sunbelt Ag Expo officially kicks off Tuesday at Spence Field in Moultrie, Georgia. Tyron Spearman has a look at some of the details. Sunbelt Ag Expo opens in Moultrie, Georgia on Tuesday. It's the 38th annual Sunbelt Ag Expo with over 1,200 exhibitors, 140 new exhibitors this year, showing over 4,000 product lines of the latest technology in agriculture. The spotlight state this year will be Mississippi. Their theme, Sweeter in Mississippi. Tuesday, be on hand to honor the Swisher Sweet Sunbelt Expo Southeastern Farmer of the Year. Uh, new this year is Hoss Tool Sustainable Living Center. This is everything backyard for growing fruits, vegetables, and flowers, including the bees. Lots of activities coming up next week at the Sunbelt Ag Expo. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Thanks, Tyron. And according to Sunbelt Director Chip Blaylock, they will once again have a variety of livestock exhibits also for folks to see. Our livestock demonstration is going to be bigger and better than ever. We have the beef cattle. We have horses. We have sheep and goats. We have the fish ponds. We have the dairy, alpacas, poultry, just to name a few. Blaylock said hay demonstrations will be going on all three days of the show. At 10 o'clock on Tuesday, we will award the Southeastern Hay Contest winners. Had lots of entries this year, and that's always um, a highlight of the show. They've got some sponsorship behind that this year, and it's really going to take off in the years to come. That's the 2015 Sunbelt Ag Expo, October 20 through 22 at Spencefield in Moultrie, Georgia. To learn more, go to their website. That's sunbeltexpo.com. And speaking of the Sunbelt Ag Expo, here also is this week's Georgia Grown Moment. Thanks for joining us for this week's Georgia Grown Moment. This is Georgia Agriculture Commissioner Gary Black. As we prepare for the 38th Annual Sunbelt Agricultural Exposition in Moultrie this Tuesday through Thursday, October 20th through the 22nd, we sure hope you'll take time from your busy schedule to join us and over 1,200 exhibitors to come together to celebrate and learn about the latest and greatest that this industry has to offer. We also will be featuring another focus on farm safety. Joining the Governor's Office of Highway Safety Director Harris Blackwood, we want to increase Georgia's yield behind the wheel again and 
really focused on reaching out to the public about important farm safety issues during harvest time. Our Georgia Grown Building that we share with Georgia Farm Bureau friends is going to be alive and well again. We hope you're going to drop by for some cooking demonstrations and also just some of the latest information that's going on with Farm Bureau and your Georgia Department of Agriculture. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Come join us for the 38th Annual Sunbelt Agricultural Exposition. We look forward to seeing you there. Well, in other news, the pork industry is squealing over the Federal Bureau of Prisons' decision to take pork off the menu in the nation's 122 federal prisons. It's no small matter for the pork industry that more than 200 federal inmates will no longer be able to eat bacon, pork chops, ham, and other pig products. The Bureau of Prisons says inmates at the nation's 122 federal penitentiaries just don't like the taste of pork based on a food preference survey. But according to National Pork Producer spokesman Dave Warner, that's hogwash. Well, I kind of find it uh, hard to believe that a majority of any population would say no to bacon. It's a little disheartening that they've taken pork off the menu. We think it, it, it should be an option that people have. 206,000 federal inmates to be exact, some of whom, though, are observant Jewish and Muslims that are forbidden to eat pork, but whom the prison system has long accommodated with alternative menu items. Prison Bureau spokesman Edmund Ross said pork has been the lowest rated food by inmates for several years and it's now more expensive for the government to buy. But Warner had this to say. Pork is a very economical, nutrient-dense protein that is particularly when sold to the federal government in uh, the commodity programs that they have at a very economical price. Could the Prison Bureau's decision be a dangerous precedent for other agencies such as the Pentagon and USDA? Not knowing exactly why the decision was made, it's kind of hard to say You know whether this could be a, a kind of a dangerous precedent to set if an agency says, well, we're taking it off because of, and, and we don't know why. However, Warner said no options are off the table in trying to reverse the prison decision, suggesting a possible legal challenge. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Eric Greiner talks about hogs, just not the kind we like, wild hogs, and how those problems continue to grow. By now, just about everybody is familiar with feral hogs and the damage they do. That damage grows year after year. It's worse in some places than others, but our southeastern states collectively probably see the most damage. Georgia and Louisiana are two of the most troubled states. Almost as bad as Texas. Here's an example. In 2013, $9 million to Louisiana soybean crops. Louisiana hay crops took a $7 million loss. It isn't just crops. Hogs do serious damage and costly damage to levees and to farm equipment. Meanwhile, the effort to eliminate these animals is a flat failure. Louisiana still has fewer feral hogs than Texas and Oklahoma, but, well, you can't stop trying. Meanwhile, the problem grows all across the country. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. Those reports and more can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.